Hi, this is totally PJ Souls, and you're listening to Cinescare. Welcome to the Cinescare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And with us, as always, is the super fan, Mr. Mark Pascady. I'm having a Donnie Darko experience right now. <laughs> I'm having a deja vu experience right now. Yeah, I am too. Uh, <laughs> and of course, with us, as always, as well, is Jimmy O, Mr. James Oster, journalist extraordinaire. I feel like bill 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 murray and groundhog day i know no. well <laughs> it went, it, those of you in the audience who don't understand what these guys are talking about i screwed up <clears throat> this week i was in charge of hosting the episode uh on here and i didn't hit record when we started talking so we've been talking for about 45 minutes yep. uh 30 40 45 minutes and and talking about movies and everything else and of course we weren't actually recording, so now we're we're having to do this again, and we're short on time. I can't believe Mark so eloquently explained the theory of relativity relativity to me. I totally understand it now, but we can't repeat it because we don't have time. I know. So. Unfortunately, the world is going to be without that. Uh, and so we're going to because we are now short on time. We're going to skip past our movies we saw recently, which actually we really didn't see many. I, I, I will just quickly say there is a new movie on Tubi called Requiem for a Scream. I have to mention it because it's brand new. It is, uh, Mark and I both agree, it's not horrible for, and this is the caveat, for a Tubi original. All right. It is a bit of a slasher. Uh, it's worth your time only if you're interested in watching ba a bad movie but unlike other Tubi originals it's actually relatively watchable and then i watched men which i agree with mark i think it's really good and it might wind up on my top 10 this year i don't know but i thought it was uh, a strange wonderful film very uh what did i say cronenbergian uh sort of horror uh okay so having said all of that, this brings us to Joe's theme this week, which <laughs> I love this song. Let's play it again. Yeah. Rock, 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 um, rock, rock in high school. It is back to school horror. See how I time now? It was like a good perfect there. Yeah. yeah, not bad, eh? And you got PJ Souls in the movie. So, right. I mean, PJ Souls. That's true. Rock, by the way. Rock and Roll High School. Did you see this movie? Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen it? Rock and Roll High School? Oh. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. It's good. Movie. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. You guys uh, know it's a lead, and it's a musical. So. Yeah. Rock, rock, rock and roll high and school. And of course, I once again cut it off. Um, so, did. Joe, why don't you take it away and tell us about our theme and, uh, and st start us off once again. School is in session, and our first uh, topic of the day is going to be Carrie. From 1976, the classic Stephen King novel turned into a wonderful movie. This was on Shudder for all of those of you uh, wanting to follow along at home. Uh, this is the story of Carrie White, who is a shy 
friendless teenage girl who's sheltered by her domineering religious mother. She unleashes her telekinetic powers after being humiliated by her classmates at her senior prom. That's my best Matt speak impression. <laughs> it's pretty good. So I, I do want to point out the all-star cast in this. We've got Sissy Spacek, uh, PJ Souls, John Travolta, William Cat, otherwise known as the greatest American hero. We've got totally. Nancy Allen as the, uh, you guys would know her as the female cop and RoboCop. Sidney Lassick, who uh, got his fame through One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He was also in a recent film that we reviewed called Alligator. He was the pet shop owner. And of course, Betty Buckley from Eight is Enough, which I know Mark has a soft spot in his heart for her. She's oh. cute. She's lovely. So getting into this movie, they waste no time at all whatsoever. A one minute and 13 seconds into this film, we see our first set of boobies. And we were all giddy as schoolgirls because of it. Yeah. And I, I also wanted to point out, um, Sissy Spacek was 27 years old playing That's, a high school senior. That is unbelievable to me because she does not look 27 years old. In fact, while I was watching it, I was like, she was cute as a teenager, but she wasn't a teenager. She was yeah, 27. That's weird. Yeah. She could vote and everything. Yeah. Buy cigarettes and oh yeah, she could drink, drink alcohol. She could I go to the war. other actors how old they were because Amy was it. Everybody was like between the ages of twenty four and twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they all look similar, but they were all way too old to be yeah. high schoolers. Well, PJ Souls. I mean, this is a couple of years even before Halloween, uh, and she. I think she was probably the youngest of them, or at least she looked the youngest of them. And I know in but in Halloween, she definitely looked. You know, as we've talked about before, horror movies are they they always have people who are a bit older. But yeah, Mark. Yeah, um, basically, um, with uh, PJ Souls with her hat, uh, she got uh, uh, Brian De Palma loved that hat so much. Um, but John Carpenter hired her uh, specifically because of uh, uh, Carrie. He loved that character and hmm. uh, brought her over to uh, Halloween because of Carrie. She was 26, by the way. PJ Souls was when this movie She's was shot. Still pretty. Wow, I don't care what oh, yeah. Says. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, she was, I think, was going to become kind of a big star there for a while because it, it, if you've seen the uh, Marquise when Mar when Halloween was released, the two names above the title are PJ Souls and Donald Pleasance. She was the Donald Pleasance was the big name, but it, yeah, if you ever if you look back at uh, marquee old marquees of of uh, movie theaters when Halloween was out, you know, like the marquee out in front on the street, they, mm -hmm. it'll say Halloween and above it PJ Souls and Donald Pleasance. You're no. kidding wow. me? No, That's so bizarre. So bizarre. she was she was not exactly a star at the time, but she was better known than Jamie Lee Curtis or, or really anyone else other than Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Now I, I'm going to bring this up again since we missed it in the old recording, but uh, I, my, my question, my debate about the ending of the real midpoint of this film was uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, Carrie is the uh, outcast girl in this class and mm -hmm. there was no way she was going to get asked to prom and Amy Irving tells her boyfriend to go ask Carrie to go to prom. Now, my question was, do we all think this is legitimate and a genuine act of kindness? 
and remorse for what she had done and what Carrie had to incur or what the reason I even bring this up and what I keep going back to is if Amy Irving didn't have her boyfriend ask Carrie to go to prom, she never would have gone and none of this would have happened. I'm going to jump in real quick with this. I I don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case at all. In fact, I think it would be, if it was the case, it was a very sloppy way to do it because you wouldn't, you didn't really get the, uh, usually you would have a moment where you'd realize to see the change, her change. She never, maybe a little beginning, which Mark can kind of talk more about, but she doesn't, she's not a bad person. She's a sympathetic person who actually cares in the end. I, I don't, I don't think that was the intention at all, at all, because you always have to have the one nice person, the one willing to help. And I, I think she was, I, I, I think it was just, she legitimately thought she was doing something nice for Carrie. I don't think she knew what was going on. I don't think she knew they were planning something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely don't think that she was, that she was part of the blood, uh, bath thing you know i think that was mostly the guys and john travolta or yeah john travolta's girlfriend were part of that but i and i but i didn't i don't know i i feel now like i have to go back and at least watch that part where she tells her boyfriend to ask carrie to the to the prom is it her boyfriend or just a friend no, it's a boyfriend. No, it's my yeah. boyfriend. Yeah. I, when, I have to go back and watch that again because I, I got, I felt like she was asking him to do it as a joke, even though not. I, I don't necessarily think she was a part of the blood thing, but now I got to go back and watch that, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, at the beginning of the film, uh, you see uh, uh, shots of her. Uh, basically, there's like remorse uh, um, in her face, and then during like the detention there. Uh, uh, scene. Um, she's telling, you know, uh, uh, her friends who's, who's throwing oh, Nancy Allen. She's telling Nancy Allen, you know, basically shut the fuck up, stop, you know, causing any trouble. If you want to go to prom, you know, it, it, it seems like, you know, she, there was a, a, a turning point for her. And that was basically at the beginning of the film. And I absolutely yeah. believe that she was completely sincere. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Yeah. All right. Maybe that's because I have a crush on Amy Irving, but (laughs) that's funny. Uh, So what what did you, what were you guys' thoughts about the ending of this film? Like why did the house have to collapse into oblivion on top of her? Yeah. That just seemed, I I don't want to say that everything up until then seemed plausible because of the telekinesis, but that just seemed to push it over the edge of believability. Well, I think that was more in the book. I think the book, uh, exp- I think the whole town suffers uh, some damage, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe, I, I, to me, it was just like, this needs to be, this is Carrie just basically saying all of this evil, this this horrible mother, this, it just needs to be buried with all of it, just pure evil. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think she just brought it down upon them. I really do. Mm-hmm. I really do. Oh, you mean the mother did or Carrie? Oh, did? Carrie. Yeah. I think she just knew it had to stop and she knew it wasn't. She, she, I, she, this was the end for her. I yeah. Think I think, she I think it. she agreed that the, that with the mom, that she wasn't going to be accepted and that they were all going to laugh at her and that she'd never, she'd always be a freak. And, and so, yeah, I, I agree. I think she probably used her telekinesis to just kill herself and kill her mom. 
but I don't know. It I would have loved take. to have seen, huh? It didn't take because <laughs> you see the hand coming out afterwards. It was that's a dream. Yeah, dream. That's true. <laughs> well, I don't know because I, I do believe that that, well, that ending, that, that last hand grab thing was very famous jump scare. One of the first that I can think of aside from maybe the, the head popping out of the hole in jaws. Well, it was one of the first jump scares and, um, and you can really, because I posted a video of of that jump scare at the end of uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the original, where the the girl is in the boat and he jumps out at her. There's a you know, definitely there's an influence there from Carrie to this. The same kind of music and same kind of situation, Mark. Yeah, what what I love about Brian De Palma with this um, is uh, probably some of the best split screen storytelling I've ever seen um, during the prom where she just mm-hmm. goes absolutely, absolutely like psycho. And they had the yeah. split screen and it's showing, the you know, the hose, you know, like blasting everybody. And she's like turning left and turning right. And it, it's so brilliant. It's so Brian De Palma. And it's it. Yeah, I I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And there's three versions of Carrie, 1976, then 2002, and then 2012. And uh, the 2002 is absolutely horrendous. But the 2012, I forgot uh, the actress who's in it. But um, Chloe Moretz. Yes. Yes. It's It's not not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, They do a little bit uh, too much of a. Uh, like the house looks exactly like um, uh, the 1976 version and whatnot, but Julianne Moore is fantastic at it. I mean, I, I don't think you could have like uh, recast somebody better than Julianne Moore. Jim, I think Julianne Moore was the best thing, and I did. I thought it was a terrible movie. I, hmm. I thought Chloe Grace Moretz was bad. She was very horribly miscast. Not it just she's an okay actress. She's an okay mm-hmm. actress, but I've always. She just didn't. It didn't. I didn't believe a moment of it. I compare mm. put her with the sissy spacek. No comparison. Not well. No. No. But yeah. I, I. I liked the the 2012 version. I thought it was fine. Um, but no, it's hard to compare her to sissy spacek. Yeah. Joe. Once again, another shining example of how Mark and Jimmy agree on absolutely oh. everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally we, true. Totally we don't true. agree hardly on anything. I love it. So Joe, um, I, what's the next one? Well, I actually I wanted to point out one last thing is okay. I just love the the subtle symbolism at the very end, the for sale sign that's in the yard where the house was, how it's in the shape of a cross. Oh uh, yeah. 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 So anyway, that was dumb. Uh next one we're gonna go to 1980. We're going prom night, which is on Shutter for those of you following at home. Prom uh, night. Prom night was uh at a high school senior prom. A mass killer stalks four teenagers who were responsible for the accidental death of a classmate six years previously. Although it seemed way more than six years. Yeah. So anyway, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis and Leslie Nielsen are the only two people, in my opinion, that need to be pointed out in this film. And the most horrific scene in this entire film is watching Leslie Nielsen disco with Jamie Lee Curtis, his own daughter. (laughs) At prom. I don't know why that part had to happen at all. Oh, that's so awesome. beautiful. I loved it. One of my <laughs> major yeah. notes in here that I've underlined twice is, ugh, death before disco. 
Oh, uh, so awkward. So awkward. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. There, <laughs> no, there's so many weird things in this movie, and they all revolve around the character Lou, who's like the town thug. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can wear a unibrow like like Lou. Yeah. This he's just he's almost yeah. deformed looking. Yeah. But he's, he's a, the bully. He's the thug. So creepy that guy. It was horrible. And the, and like and he's got. Uh, you know, a cute girlfriend too. Like what, what is the deal? And then, and then that girl's walking down the street and that guy pulls up in a, in a conversion van. Who's like not the most attractive dude in the world. And no. she winds up going out with him. I love yeah. him. And she I was love cute. That kid. That's yeah. slick. That's slick. He's got a great, that's my line. That's my, my note right there. Slick drives a groovy van. Yeah. I want that van. That fan's awesome, and and I I love that character actually. I I you know you know who it, it's a, it's a redemption arc. Even though this movie came out before Friday Thirteenth Part Three, but I just recognized him as Shelly. It was Shelly yeah. who just kicked ass and, and got everything he ever wanted. He got the girl. He's smoking doobies out of a history book, and he gave up a hell of a fight before uh, he crashed and burned. He 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 did a hell of a job. Now I I gotta point out this movie is complete with bumbling detectives. Oh yeah, and yeah. it starts right at the beginning when the girl falls out of the the window of the asylum or hospital or whatever it was they were playing hide and go seek in. The cops come. You can hear there's like an overdubbing where they say, "Oh, she must have been a victim of sexual assault." How do you girl? There's a broken window with glass everywhere and yeah. she's falling she's probably got her back broken and her clothes are all on yeah we're gonna go right to a victim of sexual assault right i i wanted another cop to say you always say that <laughs> you know but i love the part where the cops come running into the building like they they get out of the, most cops get out of the car and they're like all right what am i gonna go see but these guys go sprinting into the building it's hilarious and then one of them says don't touch that it might be the murder whip Right. <laughs> Mark? Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, uh, this was uh, my first time watching. I think, Matt, was this your first time watching Prom Night 2? No, I'd seen it before. Okay. Yeah, but but it, had been, it had been years. Yeah. Hello, okay. Mary Lou. <laughs> uh, her, yeah. Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. I, I had a poster of that and never watched it, but I had it on my wall, which oh, is weird. Oh, you should watch it. Watch it. It's fun. It's a fun uh, movie. Yeah, but so this is my first time watching this film, and I, I got to say I was bored, 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 bored for the first hour of this film. I mean, it wasn't until the third act of this film where I started to really enjoy the movie, movie uh, mainly because um, when the killings uh, started to happen. And the problem was these actors were way too old looking. Uh, if you looked at the, at the kids at the beginning of this film, and then, then they say six years later, didn't match up at all it did it, it just didn't match right. up and so uh i, I mean it's especially jamie lee curtis um uh, but uh, the half the film was just uh phone call phone calls with the shadow with the raspy voice saying soon and then uh i mean there was no character development and the kills were boring and uninspired i only enjoyed two scenes in this film which was the fat guy in the van uh slick as Joe says, and uh, who put up a hell of a fight in the blonde in the red dress yeah. with a great, great, great chase scene. Oh, man, yes. that was fantastic. I yeah. have a question about that, though. There was 
is that the one where he was chasing her with the axe? Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. He's like right behind her, takes a swing at her and misses. Yeah. Entirely. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we need to put her on a T for you to hit her? And then it like gets stuck in like a piece of something or other. I don't know if the wall or whatever. And she runs away. And then there's a real quick scene where the killer goes to run after and then stops and runs back. It's like, Oh, I forgot my ax. And then yanks it out of the wall and goes and chases her again. Yeah. Like, how do you forget your weapon? You got one job. Mm-hmm. You know, Je- I actually really like that. I, I like the fact here's why I, I like that chasing so much because he's not, a killer. He's not Jason Voorhees. He's not Michael Myers. He's just some douchebag who who's having vengeance issues. So it's like he's not going to be good at that. He's not going to be good at carrying an axe. I love the fact that she fought back and she's not like she's not like taking it. She's like, F you, motherfucker. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm not I'm not doing this. Not today. You know, I love that. I really love that. And yeah. I also didn't understand why he had to make cat noises every time he was attacking somebody. Meow. <laughs> this cat noises it's like, like a I cat screeching. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I missed that. I, I don't Go remember back and watch cat it. noises. Go yeah. back and watch it. I don't, yeah, I don't think I want a, to. He made like a screeching noise. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was yeah. weird. Yeah, but the disco. We 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 got to talk about the disco dance between Jamie Lee Curtis and her boyfriend. That was the most awkward. Loved it. You loved it. Loved oh my it. god! I I almost wanted to fast forward because I mean, how long did that go for? It's I mean, a long that, scene. That, <laughs> yeah, it is very that long dance scene. sequence yeah. was so long, and then oh. I was laughing. I was enjoy. I was laughing my butt off during that Were scene. You? I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I just. I mean, it was so dumb. But She's I loved so it. hot, though, man. Jamie Lee Curtis is so damn hot. <laughs> I, I didn't mind. She's a good dancer too, by the way. Yeah. Well, Jimmy? I mean, she also did perfect. She, you know, which right. she was into. I, oh, look, yeah. I, I'm going to, I'll be completely honest. I love if, if Jamie Lee Curtis is in a horror film, hell yeah, I'm there. Mm-hmm. No yeah. matter. I've liked even road games. I liked even road games, which isn't really a horror film. I just, I love, oh wait, virus. I didn't love that one sucked, but like everything else I've really liked her in. So, prom night man i have a i have a special spot in this movie it's it's kind of ridiculous kind of i my you were talking when we were kind of going through this it is kind of an art house film i mean they, they there's a weird kind of art house mentality to it yeah with the way it's shot the way it looks those those weird kind of funky shots with uh, the close-ups and the kind of blurred vision i i like that i love that there's- there are a lot yeah. of quick jump cuts and fast zooms in this film. Oh yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. No, I, I even wrote that down as one of my notes, art house camera shots. There were, there were, yeah, there were some, um, but uh, yeah. did you see terror train? Just when you're talking about Jamie Lee Curtis, horror movies, have you seen terror like train a hundred times? Yes. Uh, I've never I seen have. that. that I saw it once, good. but it was like 15 years ago. Never when I seen saw it. it. Yeah. One of I my favorite it. horror movies. Yeah, I love it's it. It's on a train it. and it's like a guy with a clown mask, basically, right? Or something like that. Or Groucho Maybe Marx. you yeah. should do train horror as your next theme, man. Ooh, <laughs> train horror. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Can we scrape six movies together? Yeah. Yes, we uh, could. Trust me, we could. What What else do you have, Joe? Uh, next up, we've. <laughs> this is the movie that I was so excited to rewatch again. 
and now I'm not as excited. But oh, no. we watched we watched Teen Wolf, oh, yeah. 1985. Michael mm-hmm. J. Fox uh, was on Fubo TV. Uh, an ordinary high school student discovers that his family has an unusual pedigree when he finds himself turning into a werewolf. Um, uh, unless you've been living under a rock for the past 35 years, yeah, everybody knows this is Michael J. Fox, and it actually came out. This movie. Uh, Back to the Future came out in July of 1985, and this came out in August of 1985. Yeah, he was a he was a hot commodity at, back in those yeah. days because yes, Family was. Ties was one of the biggest shows on television on the biggest night of television because it was Family Ties, Cosby Show, Cheers, Night Court, and L.A. Law, uh, or or Hill Street Blues, depending on which year, because they they kind of. Uh, what Hill Street Blues ran for a while and then they switched it to Night Court, but or I mean, uh, LA Law, but uh, that was must that was the beginning of must see TV on NBC. And so Michael J. Fox was a huge, huge star back then, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and he has gone on record saying how much he hated this film. Uh, mm. as a matter of fact, he said he was interviewed, I think, by Variety. He said, I don't understand this. Steven Spielberg is down the street making movie magic and i'm here playing a werewolf mm. yeah <laughs> which is why he didn't sign on for teen wolf 2 yeah mm-hmm. i don't blame him but i mean i did i had oh go ahead mark uh yeah well uh it, this film teen wolf was shot in six weeks because meredith baxter in family ties was pregnant so um the show took a break so this this movie was shot in 21 days and uh, that's why you see some basketball shots that are repeated and you can see the dolly in the reflection of some store windows. But um, I love this movie. I, I, I think this movie's absolutely uh, fantastic. I just, upon rewatching it, I didn't realize how embarrassingly bad the dance scene was with Michael J. Fox doing his werewolf dance. And, and then the, uh matt who was the artist uh the recording artist that we thought sang that song oh uh the oh yeah the uh randy newman randy Randy newman Newman. yeah yeah and then the the randy newman ish song that plays that montage that plays for the next like 10 minutes when everybody realizes he's an actual werewolf but it's not randy newman (laughs) it's like they couldn't even afford the real randy newman there was another song that sounded like somebody else. I can't remember who it was now, but but there were a lot, a lot of music montages in this yeah. movie. A and I, I will say, when I watched this as a kid, I thought Styles was awesome. I, I yeah. loved him, but uh, it sort of wore off on me when I'm yeah. watching it as I'm 49 <laughs> years old. I'm like, oh, he's just annoying. Yeah. But I... I uh, we we would be remiss if we didn't bring up with something I was totally unaware of until Mark brought it to my attention is the fact that there is no penis being shown by an extra at the end of this film. No, there's <laughs> no, none. No dicks. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. Ta- Mark, you want to explain uh, yeah, take what, the dicks away. what the the penis situation was <laughs> and what, what came of it? Okay, so like uh, we all heard like the rumor of like Richard Gere putting a gerbil up his ass. So this is pretty much 
<laughs> this is pretty much a rumor that is like a cult rumor that uh, during the end of the scene uh, in the stands where where everybody's like celebrating and because, you know, Scott wins the basketball game. There's in the far left corner, there is a person mid-drift. You see them with their uh, zipper down and all of a sudden they cover up real quick. Scott's dad is like pretty much like two rows like below and everyone thought that there was a dick pic. Apparently there is not a dick pic, but this has been a cult rumor and a rumor that has been going on for years and decades and even family guy mentioned it. It it was it's a thing. I believed it. So when uh the last uh, episode that we recorded, I said, hey, we could talk about the penis pick. And Joe's like, what? And all of a sudden, Joe and Matt starts doing the research, found out that it's not true. It was a it was a woman that had her uh, zipper undone and because her jeans were too tight. And that's what girls do, I guess, is she was an extra. She was an extra and that her jeans were too tight. And that's what girls do is they unzipper their pants, whatever, and unbutton. To just relieve themselves or whatnot. And so when everybody got up during the scene, she zippered up and all that. And so it looked like a guy basically uh, pulled out his penis. She, it didn't look like somebody pulled out their penis. It did look like a zipper was undone and somebody buttoned it up. But it's right, it's right, it's right at the there. top of the shot. Like, it's, yeah. like I, how would they they not go back i mean obviously i guess they couldn't do reshoots but 21 days that they shot yeah. this they didn't have yeah. any time they had they were under the gun they had to release this right after back to the future because michael j fox was hot they yeah. just flat out missed it because that yeah. that shot of that girl's underwear is on screen for about two and a half seconds yeah and you can't tell me that that frame was so detrimental I and mean, we're in the credit scene just mm-hmm. cut it out Right. It's not like this like we wouldn't have figured out how the story ended. It was right. unnecessary. There's not yeah. even any dialogue in it. They yeah. just flat out missed it. They were asleep at the wheel. Yep, they had to have been. Yeah. But if it's there's insane. ever a rumor about dicks in a movie, I know I'm going to hear about it from Mark. Yep. Well, yes, absolutely. Um <laughs> yep. so what did you guys think about the transformation scene? Um cuz uh like holy base that I mean it, it was a pretty bad transformation scene. I mean, the the lipstick on Michael J. Fox was this neon pink going and he's going cheese louise it looked so bad and just the makeup i mean the the heavy base makeup it looked really bad but uh, what a great scene when uh scott opens up the door to reveal himself as a werewolf and his father's there and what a wonderful scene that is (laughs) can i just say like this is my first time seeing teen wolf Really? And, uh, yeah. Wow. I, wasn't something I would. I wasn't a fan of um, Michael J. Fox back. I did. I liked him, but I didn't like his movies in general. Aside from a couple Back to the Future one, um, I really. Um, it's not a movie to watch when you're older because no. I, I didn't get it. I I was bored. <laughs> I thought it was stupid. I. It was, I, I it liked, was my first I, time. He's a charming guy. He's a charming guy, and he's he's amiable i enjoyed watching him but yeah that was not good no it, it was my first time seeing it too and i liked it a little bit more than you i could appreciate the 
eighties charm uh, a little bit, but it, no, it's not a good movie. And, but I think if you saw it when you were 12, you know, maybe you'd have a, maybe a more nostalgic feeling about it. Uh, but no, it's not one that I w- I should recommend. Like if anybody in the audience is an adult and had never seen it, you know, it's probably not a one that you should watch. It's not a good movie in that way. No. Uh, it, Mark. fact, it's, it, Mark's Mark's about to explode right now. He looks angry. But but Mark, so, I, I, I have to I, I do have to say I did not find that scene between him and his dad touching. I, I kind of just <laughs> laughed, really. But go ahead, Mark. Look, this whole movie is supposed to be about being you. It's okay to be average or below average. It's about loving who you are as a person. It's a fairy tale story at the end that uh, that most of us never get. Uh, but there are accomplishments in your life that you can take with you if you just be yourself. That's what you're supposed to take with it. And it, yes, there is nostalgia for me. Yes, I got a jacket that was blue with uh, with the gold uh, sleeves, like uh, um, a jacket. It was a London Fall jacket. And I got it just because of Teen Wolf. Because I love this movie, I, I I wanted to be Michael J. Fox. Because I mean, what I mean, he was older than me. It was 1985. I was younger, and he was like the person to be in in the 80s. And I I love Team. Sure. I I love it. Hmm. That's good. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I got some Teen uh, Wolf notes. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Dylan O'Brien was great, by the way. He was really good in this. Who? Dylan O'Brien. Oh, sorry, that was a series. That was much better. Mm. So this movie was so popular that uh, 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 this was there was an animated Teen Wolf uh, uh, show released in 1986 that I watched. Loved uh, that. Did you watch it? Yes, I did. It was good, wasn't it? And, it and the town was called, great, but it was okay. But the town was called Wolfenstein or Wolfen something. Yeah. But nobody knew that uh, Scott was uh, a wolf in the animated series. Um, also, um, there was a movie uh, a couple of years before Teen Wolf called Full Moon High, involving a teenage werewolf. But uh, he was on a football team, and that's just totally disregarded. Nobody ever really remembers this film. I think James does that, obviously. Yeah, I'm, I yes. see that. <laughs> Joe no. just showed a, uh, a picture of the animated. And um, here, here's a fun fact. Uh, 1985 uh, was a great year for Michael J. Fox. Uh, while Back to the Future was number one in the box office, uh, Teen Wolf was released and it was uh, number two. So Michael J. Fox had a number one in the box office and number two with Teen Wolf in 1985. Talk about being hot. Yeah. And uh, in Italy, Teen Wolf was remained uh, renamed uh, Boy from the Future uh, in Italy. That's what they named t- uh, Teen Wolf because you that's know Back funny. to the Future was so uh, hot. It was Boy from the Future, and that's what I have for Teen Wolf, Joe. Thank you. And Matt, thank you for making Joe do it because Teen Wolf is a part of my childhood. And I finally reviewed a movie that I really, really uh, loved. Thanks. You, fin- you could, finally, wait a minute. We did you, a whole episode on the Lost Boys. Yeah. You could literally <laughs> throw a dart at any movie and Mark would be like, this meant so much to me when I was growing up. He's emotional. 
Mark, I, I mean, I've seen so much Corey talk here. I mean, a little bit, you know, all the Corys. <laughs> you don't understand. Yes, Mark. I love film and the 80s is very special to me. So you, you do you, if you do any film in the 80s, I mean, it, it, it you might get me. It, it might hit me in the feels. Hey, Mark. Yes. You you're very special to me. Okay. All right, we're going to get out of the 80s just because of we're, that. We're only on two movies, though, right? So we, we still got four to go. No, we've hit – that was three. Oh, that was three? Okay, three. Yeah, we're, we're on the number three. four. We're, we're past more. the halfway okay. mark. Excellent. We, we're, we're back from lunch. We're Excellent. already on the – Excellent. We're going to uh, go next to The Faculty, which uh, was on HBO Max. That was from 1998. And uh, when Casey Connor – which is Harrington High School's... Oh, God, I hate it when they do alliteration like that. Uh, their newspaper photographer witnesses the murder of a nurse, and he sees her alive again. He decides to investigate this bizarre happenings. Uh, again, I got to point out the amount of star-studded cast that are in these films. Josh Hartnett, Selma Hayek. Oh, I'm going to pause right there. Why in the hell is Selma Hayek in this film? I know. Yeah. Because um, she's awesome. Well, yeah, she's too awesome to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. That was my point. Uh, Famke Jansen, Christopher McDonald, who most of you would know in a shooter, McGavin, uh, baby new or BB new earth, which as you know, that's Lilith from cheers, uh, Robert Patrick, you know, from the Terminator two usher is in this John Stewart and Elijah Wood. Yeah. Uh, don't forget about, uh, Jordana Brewster too. Fast and furious. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, like yeah. Lead. <laughs> yes. one of the leads. The hot, the hot bitchy girl. She's like so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's so, so beautiful. beautiful, and she's real cool. I like her a lot. Nice. I really don't. I and there's so many movies that are spoofs of other movies that have already exploited this, and I jump on their bandwagon every time. But really, they're gonna have Famke Jansen give herself a really horrible bangs haircut. And be real, you know, like uh, insecure and demure and like, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to raise my voice at anybody. And then all of a sudden takes off her glasses. And, oh, she's smoking hot. Yeah. And she's got a backbone and a spine and she's not going to take any crap from anybody. I don't really care for that trope. And that's, that's right. a big, big, big feature in this film. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I think it's a good movie. I think it's, uh, it was a, an interesting, you know, it was a pretty fun film. I thought I liked, I thought there's some stuff that kind of bugged me a little bit. I, I don't, I didn't care for like that trope that you were talking about with the, with the teacher who's, you know, and then becomes this, you know, um, sex symbol after. And then also the Josh Hartnett character, I, I found a little in, on the annoying side. Uh, I thought like, uh, I, I kind of felt like, um, I, I don't know. It, it, I just, you know, him being, he's sort of a genius boy, but he's sort of a drug dealer and he's sort of this. And he said, I, I just, it was just a little too, too cool for school for me. Yeah. Joe. My note is Josh Hartnett is such a tool. Yeah. And and if he's so smart, why is he repeating his senior year? Right. Yeah. It's just it was a little hard to believe that character. I'm like, yeah, I, I could I could rattle off eloquent answers to questions in the middle of the class if I've heard them a year ago. Yeah. 
Right, <laughs> exactly. I took this class five times, so yeah. I'm going to rattle off the answers yeah. to you. Uh, Mark's Mark's about to explode again because somebody we we've talked about something <laughs> that he disagrees with. And go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, Josh Hartnett. I I love Josh Hartnett's uh, character in this. I didn't think he was too douchey. Um, he got held back in uh, uh, for another year because he got. Uh, caught uh peddling his uh caffeine uh sugar uh drug that's that's why he got held back he's a super smart intelligent intelligent guy obviously he had a chemistry set um in his house making drugs and all that but go ahead jimmy well does he does he know how to use a comb is a question yeah <laughs> that was the 90s haircut back then the for josh only for style. literally only for him <laughs> Only I'm person st- in the entire film with that haircut. I yeah. think and he had the same thing in Halloween H two O. Come yep. on, yeah. Co- co- well, yeah, hair. that's that messy haircut is sort of his signature style. It is. I, it I is. just found that character a bit annoying, but um, yeah. A couple other notes I had. Um, I thought the CGI was really bad in this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, although it is the first time that I've seen death by a bleacher in the gym. <laughs> I know. I know. Fun. Yeah. Um, and and for the record, I really cannot stand it when people do covers of Pink Floyd's "Another Brick in the Wall" and act like it's cool. Mm-hmm. That one rubbed me the wrong way. But that's so just Joe, me and the music thing. You, I won't send you my cover of that song. <laughs> no, please don't. Okay, Mark. Yeah, it's a it's a Kevin Williamson film who obviously uh, took bits and pieces from uh, Varsity Blues, The Thing, Evasion of the Body Snatcher, Aliens, and of course The Breakfast Club, and whisked it all up to make the faculty. Funny thing is, is that um, the script was actually written by uh, um, David Weta and Bruce uh, uh, Kimmel in uh, 1990. And Miramax uh, discovered it and gave it to Williamson to punch it up with more uh, um, characters, dialogue, and his own personal, uh, um, you know, Kevin Williams thing, because he was so, you know, hot off of a scream. And... um, but he was supposed to direct that, and but gave it up to Robert Rodriguez because he decided to uh, direct his own screenplay, uh, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, uh, yep. that came out the next yeah. year. Yep. Yeah. I have a question about the ending. Elijah Wood saves the day. Spoiler alert. Of course he does. Kills that thing he with didn't. the uh, um, with the bleachers at the end, and nobody's around. So how does you know fast forward? couple of weeks or whatever when things get back to normal how does everybody in the town know about this and he's like the the headline of the local newspaper and all of a sudden he gets the hot girl in the school yeah Uh, apparently mark has an answer to this question yes i do yes i do um so um the answer is is that uh the good guys did not win in this film um in, in my opinion, I think James agrees with me. Um, so when the queen is coming through the bleachers and spits it all out on him, one gets in him because at the end, it's a month later and all the characters' personalities are completely changed on how the aliens wanted them to be. So like you have Elijah Wood with um, uh, Jordan Brewster. Um, you have uh, um, uh, Zeke as Zeke is the the cool guy, right? The jock. The ex-jock. The ex-jock. Well, yeah, he's he's now with, you know, um 
Oh, uh, wait, Zeke, Zeke is the drug dealer. Yeah, Zeke. So Zeke's playing Josh football. Hartnett. Yeah, Josh Hartnett is playing football. And, uh, you know, and, and no, he's with. He's playing football and smoking. And smoking. And he's with the teacher. But all the personalities are now completely different than what they were before. Because things would have been, you know, different I don't before. Know. It's it's I'm telling you, they lost. They lost. And the aliens did take over. And that's why Elijah Wood is in the paper just to cover it up. That's what but I when believe. They, when they killed the queen, that's it spit out. It's that, spit out that all everybody, those all of their stuff leaves. Right. All of the things inside them are gone because they him. killed the queen. Well, why? Why wouldn't it? Why would why would it? they not leave him? Well, it, it was because the queen it, it shot out all the stuff and he actually just took over. This all isn't the one other of those students. things where if you kill the queen that everybody else goes back to normal. Yeah. No, no, I I, I don't think it is. That was because their plan it, anyway. Yeah. It, it was their plan, but I, I really think that the, uh, that the aliens actually won that uh, mm. movie. I've actually heard that theory from other people too you're not the only one mark i've, I've oh. i have heard that from other people like there are people that have said similar things regarding the ending of that i'm kind of somewhere in, in the middle but it's possible but i i, I it's 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 a, it's it's a fun ending i like i like the fact that they kind of left it a little kind of open you can you can you could probably play around in that Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it 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 makes you think. It it I think that's why it's such a good uh, ending. It's like, oh, did it happen this way or did it happen that way? Yeah, exactly. Speaking of puzzling endings, oh, we're going to get to the one that I just could not wait to get to, which was Donnie Darko hmm. from two thousand one on HBO Max. Hmm. Uh, after narrowingly or narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. Uh, was this the first time any of you guys watched this film? No. It's yeah, the first my... time I watched it completely from beginning to end. This is one of those. I, I had the first time I saw it was on, I think it was on HBO or Showtime or something. I was with my brothers and, but we were kind of watching and not watching. So we, you know, I kept going back and forth to it and then I've seen parts of it or, halfway through to the end met multiple times on television, but I don't, I think this may be the only time I purposely sat down and watched it from beginning to end. It's the first time for me. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to point out the cast again, just because for any of those of you who have not seen this, uh, just a heads up. I am going to get into some spoilers in a bit, but I, here's a reason just on the cast list alone of why you should watch this. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. Jenna Malone, Mary McDonald, Holmes Osborne, who I absolutely love. He played the dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Patrick Swayze, Seth Rogen, Noah Wiley, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Don't forget and, James Duvall. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah. And and this, I personally, not only is the cast tremendous, but I think the music, the soundtrack in this film oh, amazing. is awesome. Yep. Excellent. Uh, and I love, there's, I don't know, tiny little things that were like, you know, nostalgic for me growing up, like the fact that the mom is uh, opening scene when they're panning through the yard, she's sitting there reading Stephen King's it. And um, the fact that in Jake Gyllenhaal's room or Donnie Darko's bedroom, 
he had a MC Escher uh, lithograph print on his wall, which is the close up of the eye with the skull in the center of it. That just, I, I was a huge MC Escher fan when I was a kid and I had that exact same one on my wall. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Wow. Um, the, uh, okay. The, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where all of a sudden an aircraft engine falls out of space and crashes through the roof of their house and demolishes Donnie Darko's bed. He mm. of course is not in the bed because Frank, the bunny mm-hmm. told him to go for a walk. And he basically is sleepwalking all the way to a golf course. Uh, and the Frank, the rabbit tells him exactly when the world is going to end. Right. And uh, he ends up writing the days, hours, uh, minutes, seconds, whatever on his arm. So he's not even around when this happens. Meanwhile, the sister is just getting home from a date. The mom is asleep in her bed and the dad is downstairs in the living room. He was asleep watching TV when this giant uh, engine comes crashing through their house and wakes everybody up. Mm -hmm. The next morning, Donnie Darko comes driving back on his bicycle and his family, the whole house is surrounded by police and fire engines and, uh, members of the FAA were there. The family, the rest of the remainder of the family is standing in the street and Donnie Darko comes walking up and the mom says, Oh, there he is. That just seemed like such a superficial reaction to what really would have happened, which already puts you on edge. Like, huh? Really? Mm-hmm. There, an engine just crashed through their house where their son should have been sleeping and he's I, I can't even imagine that the family would know that he wasn't crushed by that thing as of that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I had a problem with that too. Um, like, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed this movie uh, because I had no clue where or how this movie was going to end besides the wonderful acting, a very original script, amazing soundtrack. Um, I was still borderline 50, 50, if I was enjoying this film, um, it wasn't until the last 20 minutes where the pieces of the puzzle fell into place. And I had that, ah, moment. Yeah. Um, um, I really, really, uh, enjoyed, uh, this film. I even more enjoyed, uh, trying, uh, doing research on Donnie Darko on what this film meant. And there are so many theories of this and it is like, uh, just layers of an onion that you could just go into like fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was just a great, great movie. And I, I think I gave it five cuts. I think it's a masterpiece and I, I just can't believe that this director, Richard Kelly has really not done much since then. That was anywhere near this kind of quality. Like, you know, he's, he did, uh, let's see, he's done, uh, Southland tales, you know, the box goodbye place, you know, there's really not much there that was certainly, you know, I judging from this, you would think that this is like the next David Lynch or, or, or whatever, you know, like another, a new Kubrick or something like, like this, it, it hasn't, his career hasn't gone that way. Um, but I'd love to see, something that he could do, you know, um, 
I, I'd love to see him get back to this kind of thing if he can. I don't know, even know if he's if he's able to do that anymore, Joe. Okay, uh, I have a question, but one thing I just want to point out, just because I went to a Catholic high school, I love the fact that um, when Donnie is asking Noah Wiley as his teacher mm-hmm. about um, predestination, predetermination, uh, you know, all that stuff, like, are do we have free will? Right. When he starts getting on the verge of getting into religion and contradicting yeah. science and religion, how he has to stop. Mm-hmm. I'm just so glad that they wrote that in there because it's actually very true that they, they can't, they will lose their job. Mm-hmm. Um, but my question has to do with the ending. So, and again, total spoiler alert. So on the final night, his mom is in the airplane that the engine cracks off of and drops down and actually kills Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that means basically everything we watched did not happen. Correct. And if she was on the airplane, then how did we see her in her bed at the beginning of the movie? Unless that also well, apparently did not happen. I hang think, on. I feel hang like, on. Oh, um, but then also at the end, when the girlfriend or supposed girlfriend is riding up on her bicycle and she's asking that neighbor kid what happened here. And that was a kid named Donnie Darko. So that sort of proves that none of that happened. Mm-hmm. The mom is there, but right. she's standing off sort of by herself, smoking a cigarette by the tree while everybody else is crying and sobbing and weeping. I'm assuming we're to believe then that she is not real. She died on that airplane and she's a ghost. But if she was a ghost, how is the girlfriend on the bicycle waving to her and she's waving back? That's where I'm all puzzled. Yeah. I, I, I felt like that ending, um, was, uh, definitely open to interpretation. And I felt like the engine came from another, alternate like an alternate dimension and 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 went through a a um like a wormhole uh through because they the mom uh went goes on the trip with the daughter right at what point in the movie um so it's not really in the same timeline right mm-hmm. yeah it's well, it's everything it, that we saw would have been made up so we don't really know when right but but it's a, it's a, it's it's sort of like a different time. But I, I felt like the engine in, in that reality, the engine flies across uh, uh, some kind of wormhole because they've been talking about wormholes and winds up crashing into the house in another dimension. Is is what it seemed like to me. And and Donnie Darko just didn't listen to the rabbit that day. Mark? Yeah. It's, it's so. Uh, but I mean, it's I mean, hard. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, but everyone at the end uh, was waking up from a dream. It, it seemed like they were dreaming, and they all um, kind of had a recollection of what transpired during the whole entire movie that we were watching. That's why mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze was crying. Um, that's why um, uh, uh, Frank the Bunny uh, put his uh, hand up to his eye because he got shot in, uh, in the eye. It, it seems like they all dreamt of what happened there and it was kind of like a recollection scene where the mom was where 
because they a, a previous uh, scene is uh, 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 Donnie's girlfriend waved at her and she waved back. It was sort of like uh, a recollection, like like a I know that girl, but I don't know that girl. And mm-hmm. it was that's that's what that's what I got out of it because it, yeah. it's kind of like a superhero movie if you think about it. Yeah. It's it's it, it's a time traveler and he he saves the world. Or did he save the world? Or did he just because like the end is coming? That's what you know the movie was ha- was saying. Was it his end or the world's end? That's mm-hmm. that's what I was always thinking. Yeah. It, it didn't really get to that point. It's it you could go either way, but I always mm-hmm. thought it was Donnie's end, not the world's. I agree. I think it's mm-hmm. I think you're led to believe that it was Donnie's existence that ends because mm-hmm. the grandma death whispered in his ear, everybody dies alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And and he never wanted to die alone. He's going, I, I don't want to die alone. And apparently he does or does he there's a sequel out i don't know if you guys know this it's called yeah it's darko s and i and it has uh it's it's about uh donnie darko's uh, youngest sisters that's in it and it's the same actress even and i hear it's really not that good at all mm-hmm. but um it's but not what, great it's not great at all what yeah, what a what a fantastic film Donnie Darko is. This is a movie you can rewatch over and over and over again. Yeah. And there's a couple, I believe there's a, a director's cut, uh, if which is actually pretty interesting. It's a little more, I feel like it gives a little more answers to the, hmm. it's been a while since I've seen the director's cut. I didn't watch that one prepare for this, but like, I feel like there was, it was a little more obvious as what the story was about. So I, I, kind of prefer the version that we all watched yeah to be honest and i i I do have to say uh one thing that i absolutely just laughed out loud was uh patrick swayze's uh self-portrait with the mullet loved it (laughs) oh my gosh The, the the fact that they put in the famous swayze mullet on that self portrait. Yeah, that was, was pretty so funny. amazing. It was so amazing. I I was <laughs> I was I have to say I was not a fan of Patrick Swayze in this movie, but uh I I kind of I wanted somebody with a little more range playing that part and and uh he's he's a little I I felt like I mean it kind of worked, but I I I wanted somebody I somebody a little closer to Tom Cruise in Magnolia that kind of thing maybe uh, maybe not quite that extreme but something someone with a little more range than Swayze had but. how dare you Matt he's sorry. a treasure treasure I, know. treasure. I thought he was he totally was. believable as a pedophile I, I, I thought <laughs> I did I, I thought so too I thought he's like that's a fucking pedophile the yeah. part that I thought was the creepiest is when um, they're doing the uh, talent show and I, I think it was a Duran Duran yeah. Or whatever that song's playing. There's that woman. Uh, she's a very heavy set woman with glasses on. That's like the judge of the talent show. Mm-hmm. And she's like taking her glasses off real slow and just like sort of yeah. looking at the girls and not. She was the cre- she was the pedophile. She yeah. was the creepiest girl. Yeah, it was she must work creepy. for the school somewhere because she was next to the principal and the health teacher when they brought up the paper that mm. said that uh, Patrick Swayze was a underground 
kitty porn ring oh, or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the director has a has a thing against kitty porn and uh, uh, child uh, uh, abductors. Because in Southland that's Tales, a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, real no, with no, no, no. But in Southland Tales, there, there's uh, there's a storyline where um, there's a storyline uh, with uh, these uh, uh, married couple uh, abducting um, children and murders them, and it's mm. r- it's it's so creepy. If you haven't seen Southland Tales, it's yeah. a creepy scene. All right, we're going to wrap this up and get to our last movie. Uh, this was Jennifer's Body uh, from 2009. It's available on Amazon Prime. Uh, a newly possessed high school cheerleader turns into a succubus who specializes in killing her classmates. Uh, this has got another fairly decent cast, pretty big. Megan Fox, Amanda Seyfried, Adam Brody, Chris Pratt, J.K. Simmons, Amy Sedaris, all people you've heard of. Um, my biggest question about this film that I don't think was ever explained is why in God's name does J.K. Simmons character have a hook for his hand? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, He's it just wasn't a school teacher. It's not needed for the yeah. story or anything. It's just what a weird choice to have yeah. that in that film. Yeah. Yeah. But what a great choice. I mean, it's such an odd thing. It's such, it's so odd. And you're mm-hmm. just like, Why? <laughs> I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's a li- I like those little details like that that um, that you just don't know the answer to, and you never find out. But it's just a neat little thing. I don't. They, I'm maybe there's a you know a scene that was cut where they explain it or something. But I I I, th- I like those little things, Mark. I I, I think J.K. Simmons just said I'll do the film if I have a hook. I it 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 made no sense at all. I. <laughs> It, I, yeah, that's yeah. probably the most believable answer. That I mean, it just sounds like something J.K. Simmons would want to do. Yeah, maybe. Oh, right. Now, probably. if he was like a shop teacher, that would make total sense, and they wouldn't need to explain mm-hmm. it. But he's yep. like a just a homeroom teacher or something. He's got a hook for a hand. It's yeah, just weird, odd choice. I assumed he was a uh, you know like Na- Vietnam vet or something like that, and lost it and somewhere. But I don't know. Yeah. No. I love what, this have, movie though. I, I think it's, it's, it's a fun, I think it was, uh, I think it, uh, it kind of suffered when it came out in, in much the same way that, that, uh, you know, maybe like Buffy the Vampire Slayer suffered at first when it came out that, that it, it just, it seemed like it was going to be trite and, and, and I think there's way more to this movie than meets the eye when it, and and I thought that I think the script's pretty smart. I think Amanda Seafried is is uh, is that how you pronounce her name? I, yeah, I think yes. so. Seyfried. I think she's fantastic, and I I think she's grown into become a really good actor. Um, but I and I thought Megan Fox was really good in this too. I think she was very underrated in this movie. Um, some of that I think has to do with her, you know, presence in the in the. Um, in you know the the zeitgeist or whatever and and her personality transformers yeah and transformers definitely but um but i i think it was a pretty good pretty good movie and and it's one that i think was overlooked and is has gained an audience since jimmy yeah i I think a lot of the reason it didn't do well is that there was a lot of uh, people had a thing about megan fox which is a shame because i actually really like her she's a good she's a good actress especially given the right role and she's 
she's I think she's really great. And the, her and Amanda Seyfried have such great chemistry together. It's so fun to watch the two of them. You know, I, I think I don't know that I think she's a great actress or, or even good, but I think it was a role that was really good for her that she could play well. Like this was Fair a role enough. where she was very believable in this role and, and it worked with her, you know, I, 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 I liked it. And Amanda Seyfried, I think, you know, she grounds it. She's legitimately a good actress, you know? Yes. Mark. Agreed. Now go ahead, Joe. I, I was just going to say, I think Megan Fox is self-aware of exactly what her limitations are Oh yeah, and what yeah. she can and cannot yep. do on film. And, uh, but I mean, to your point, I, I've seen her in, I think two actual horror films and I've genuinely liked her in both. I don't have a problem with her. What was I the other she's one? Decent. Uh, God, I cannot uh, yeah, go I ahead, Mark, think- and I'll get back to you. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Joe. I, I think the movie you're talking about is that uh, Netflix. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, where where she's uh, it's kind of like Gerald's game where she's handcuffed. Yeah, hmm. no. oh, I don't. I don't think I saw to that. the body. Um, I actually um, didn't mind Megan Fox in that, but this movie didn't didn't hit well with me at all. It was um, called Till Death. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, this movie um, I, I I didn't like. Um, I enjoyed it mostly only because of Amanda. Say the last name. Seafried. Seafried. And uh, the actor who played Chip, her boyfriend. Um, uh, none of the jokes landed with me correctly. And also, I'm not a fan of Megan Fox at all. So big surprise, James and I uh, <laughs> are disagreeing on this. Um, I think her acting is pretty much blah, blase. I, I don't find her attractive even, believe it or not. Um I I know it's absolutely crazy to think. I had a problem with uh, the bar starting on fire. Just it it, it went up like a like a bunch of matchsticks. Uh, no building goes up in smoke that fast, and uh, the reactions in the bar was not even comical. It it, it, it the band came out and was going, "Hey, you look kind of tired. You get in the van," and she's like, "Okay." She gets in the van and just takes off. I mean, that's exactly the point where this movie pretty much completely lost me besides uh, Amanda and uh, her boyfriend, Chip. Wait, I, it, you get, you didn't believe that Megan would get into the van with those guys? It, it, there were people running out of the bar on fire. And she's just like, yeah, I'm going to go in. They, they weren't vampires, you know, like uh, putting her in a trance. It was just a band. And so like what do i care like about this character if she gets in this fan she doesn't give a shit about people dying and even amanda uh's character was just like you know hey you know like stay with me it, it that bar scene made no sense at all Mark, and then, or, um, joe, i think I'm joe sorry. has something to say about this same thing i was gonna say i got a question so this movie has a bunch of vampires that are like in a 90s alt rock band and they've got, uh, they're possessed, and they end up turning Megan Fox into a succubus. You're okay with all that, but your suspension of disbelief ends with how quickly the fire spreads. That's what you have an issue with? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely <laughs> okay. did have an issue with it. It, it was just, it was just, it, it was badly 
acted. It was it was badly shot. It it didn't it didn't make in sense this movie to me. Was the worst actor. I did have you ever see how seen. that fire he should have been did fired? You, what what was the you, band that that there was some band from the eighties that just did a concert? Just I don't know how many years it was great ago. White. Yeah, it was Great White, and yeah. the and the place that they played in because their pyrotechnics went up just like that, and a bunch of people died. And that yeah. was played yeah. by the same fire. Yeah. 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 Jimmy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 when I saw that scene for a second, I was like, oh, is this a supernatural thing? But then I was like, no, because I actually thought of that exact thing where, you know, a lot of those fans died in that fire in real, real life. I mean, right. that, that crap just went up like that. So that's not, but I, I guess what Mark is saying is that like the, he didn't find the acting re- believable. He didn't find the, re- but I, I mean, for me, I just, I was actually really surprised with this movie because I'm not a huge Diablo Cody fan. I, I think I brought up, I didn't like Juno, um, but I like this one pr- probably mostly for the direction. I think she, uh, Karen is a talented director. I also got to give um, uh, Kyle Gallner a shout out because he, I, I enjoyed watching him in this too. He's a lot of fun. It's a good character for him. And uh, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with this. It reminded me of the craft. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think it's a fun, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and I like the ending and, and, uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great. Or yeah. the, good. En- the ending wasn't too bad. I mean, I, I didn't, I, I, I was getting into it, you know, a little bit, but that's just because of Amanda and Chip's acting. And that was basically it. And, Oh, Chip I, is Johnny Simmons, who was also in The Guest. He's a very, he's a pretty talented guy. He's a good actor. Yeah, good I liked actor. him in it. I liked yeah. him in it. Yeah. Uh, all right. I had well, this isn't trivia by any means. I, I just uh, I want you to cast a vote. Which movie out of the six that we watch do you guys think made the most amount of money? Oh boy! Yeah, it updated for like because there's a long. Um, no, I, I'm not of doing time like between. inflation or whatever. I'm just, I basically looked up the budget and the uh, worldwide gross on IMDb. Let's not go first. This. Can I uh, go first? Uh, Matt, what is your guess? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that the, no, I'm, I'd have to say Carrie. Mark. Teen Wolf. Jimmy, Ooh, uh, I I think I'm going to go with Mark on this one. I think it's Teen Wolf. Could be, yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt has it, and it's a really tight margin. Uh, Carrie had a budget of 1.8 million with a gross of 33.8, and Teen Wolf only made 31 million 886,611 dollars. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it was really close. Now here's is this the with next inflation. Question. No, this is just what I looked up on IMDb. Okay. Yeah, inflation think do this actually for a carry would make even more. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, now, which which of the six movies do you think made the least amount of money? Uh, probably Jennifer's Body. Mark, you don't have to raise your hand. Just go ahead and say it. Uh, uh, I'm I'm going to go with Prom Night, but I think Matt's right. I think Donnie Darko. Jimmy's got it. Yeah. Oh, Donnie Darko yeah. actually had a budget. A <laughs> yeah, it had a budget of six million dollars and gross worldwide uh, six million nine hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, so it's just barely profitable. 
Yeah. It didn't yeah. become like Donnie Darko until no. it's released, the video release. That's right. what yep. made it a hit. And, yeah. and cable and all that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh school's out. You guys are dismissed. That's Excellent. all we got. Well, thank you, Joe. That was uh I really enjoyed all the movies. Uh and I, you know, they weren't all great, but uh the even the ones that I didn't care for that much, they were all enjoyable to watch. And sure. and uh so that was a good good another good pick, another stellar pick, Joe. And next time our uh the next pick is going to be our, our, our good friend, Jimmy O. So Jimmy, what is your next pick? Well, I was thinking, you know, we have the summer is coming to an end. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. vacation time, mm. but it's time for like Halloween attractions. And I'm going to go to Halloween Horror Nights next week. Yes. So let's go to an amusement park, shall we? Oh, God right damn it. now, I'm looking at, and this could change, but right now I'm looking at the original Carnival of Souls, the uh, a film called Taurus Trap, which is a lot of fun, Hellride, which I think is an underrated little slasher, one of my favorites, The Fun House. Um, I'm looking at Carnival of Blood from 1972. Have you looked up what these are on? No, that's, that's my next step, but these... Okay. If there's something <laughs> we have to rent, I'll I'll switch it up. But the last one is Hell House LLC. Oh, good one! I love that movie. Yeah, so I we love that stuff. movie. Yeah, let's get back to amusement parks and horror haunted houses. Yeah, Woo! yeah Hell House LLC uh, is. I, I really enjoyed that. It's a found footage, so Joe's going to be upset about that. But I think Sorry, it's, I think it's very creepy. It's it's a very effective found footage film. Are there clowns? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm surprised you guys didn't watch it when we did the clown one. I think I had recommended it. You guys didn't watch it. Maybe, no, but it's it's one of my it. it's one of my favorites from recent times. The sequels aren't so great, but yeah. No, oh, that sounds good. Um, so uh, we will post uh, Jimmy's picks once he completely finalizes them online, so everybody can watch them too. And uh, any any further announcements, Joe? Anything? You look like no. You I got nothing. Okay. No, I just uh, I hope people visit our website, buy our merchandise, download our podcast, listen and rate and review them, and uh, keep... follow us on Twitter and follow us on Facebook, on and, Facebook Instagram and Instagram and the TikTok. Yes, Mark. Yes, and uh, we are so close on Twitter to reaching a thousand followers. So uh, wow. if uh, you are, uh, uh, if you're uh, on Twitter, give us a follow. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, and the same is true on the TikTok. We are very, we're about a hundred away from a thousand followers on on TikTok, and that means, which I'm really hoping that we can get to a thousand before Shocktober, because I'd like to do some live streams, especially from some of the events I'm going to, or any of you guys can too. Uh, so hopefully, you know, uh, if you're not already following us on TikTok, please go there and follow Cinescare Horror Podcast on on TikTok. And, uh, and tell your friends to follow us too. I've been posting a lot of videos, uh, some fun ones. And also my book is going to be released on, uh, September 20th. So keep your eyes open for that. Of course, I'll announce it more as we go too. So, uh, I guess that's it. So we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Night. Good night.